Good morning, Orlando. Hope you had a fantastic weekend. Great to have you up with us early here for our Monday edition of Good Morning Orlando here at 6 o'clock. Now, our first look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning mass murderer Charles Manson is dead, and a police officer is hit by a car during a traffic stop. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. And I'll bring you the latest on the sexual harassment explosion from Tallahassee to Washington next on Good Morning Orlando. And good Monday morning at 6.02 on News Radio 102.5. America's most infamous mass murderer is dead. Charles Manson died at a hospital in Bakersfield, California, yesterday evening at the age of 83. Manson directed the grisly killings of actress Sharon Tate and six other people in the summer of 1969. Manson wanted the murders to set off a nationwide race war called Helter Skelter. Manson and members of the cult he called his family were convicted and sentenced to death, but those sentences were commuted to life in prison when the Supreme Court struck down the death penalty in 1972. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. One Border Patrol agent is dead and another is in the hospital in serious condition after an incident while on patrol in Texas. Rogelio Martinez was killed in the Big Bend sector southeast of El Paso while responding to reports of activity while on patrol near Interstate 10. Martinez's partner reported that they were both injured and in need of assistance. The FBI is joining local authorities in the investigation. President Trump is again calling for a wall on the border with Mexico after the Border Patrol agent was killed. Trump tweeted Sunday that, quote, we will and must build a wall, end quote. He also said there will be justice for Agent Martinez. Meanwhile, President Trump says he will soon announce his decision about possibly reversing an Obama-era rule banning the import of elephant trophies from uh, from Africa. On Twitter, Trump said he will be, quote, very hard-pressed to change my mind that this horror show in any way helps conservation of elephants or any other animal, end quote. Trump put the lifting of the ban on hold, saying he needed to review all the conservation facts. The move to reverse the ban on permits for elephant trophies from Zambia and Zimbabwe drew swift condemnation from animal rights groups and even some politicians. I think he's leaning toward making the right call here. It's an outrage. We do not need to be killing the grandest of all Land animals, Deb, and I know you as an animal lover would agree with that. Oh, it it broke my heart to even think that that in this day and age, having an elephant head on your living room wall, why? Yeah. You know, they're still a critically, you know, they're an endangered species. We need to keep what elephants we have on the planet roaming the plains of Africa, not on some rich guy's wall. No doubt about it. I think the president's going to make the right call. We'll be watching for it. Yeah, we will. Absolutely. Also overseas, U.S. service members on the island of Okinawa are confined to base and banned from drinking after Marine was involved in a crash that killed a Japanese man before dawn Sunday. Military members who live off base are confined to their quarters. Authorities say the Marines' blood alcohol level was three times the legal limit when a truck he was driving slammed into a smaller truck driven by a 61-year-old Japanese man. The Marine was slightly injured, and there are reports he might have run a red light. Around 25,000 U.S. troops are stationed on Okinawa, and there's sometimes outspoken opposition to their presence. I'm telling you, I don't know what's going on here. We, we both revere our military, but this is outrageous conduct. And now I think we've had five of our ships, you know, involved in collisions in yeah. the course of a very short period of time worldwide, Deb. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, it's very strange. It's making you wonder. Yeah. In local news, a man who hit a police officer with his car is on the loose. St. Cloud, uh, Cloud police say the man hit the officer early yesterday morning when the officer was trying to pull over the driver on Cypress Grove Court. 
The officer wasn't seriously hurt and was able to fire his weapon. After a shot hit the driver's side window, police say the driver jumped out of his car and ran off while the car continued to roll on before hitting a parked car. And finally, Harrison Ford can be a real-life hero when the situation calls for it. A woman on a California freeway near Santa Barbara lost control and crashed into an embankment Sunday. The actor was driving right behind her and wasted no time running to the crash car. Uh, Ford and a group of other Good Samaritans helped pull the woman from the car as paramedics arrived. The woman was taken to a local hospital for treatment for minor injuries. Indiana Jones rides again. Absolutely. He's getting a little long in the tooth, but not too long in the tooth to do what's right when needed. I love that. And be the first person to help someone in need. Yeah, it's good stuff. WFLA News Time at 6.06. Read about a mom jailed after her son dies from strep. That was treated with home remedies at 1025WFLA.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. I hope you had a great weekend. I, I, I went half out of my mind this weekend, Deb, and as I bring in Yaffe at the uh, controls and Stephanie screening, we have this... Big artificial Christmas tree we got from somebody who didn't want it anymore. It's like nine feet high. Got it several years ago, and I finally caved to getting out of the real tree business, okay? Because we like to put our tree up early, and so the doggone thing is like, you know, all the needles are falling off long before Christmas. (laughs) So, okay, we get a deal on this thing, and it's got, I think, 1,800 lights on it. Progressively over the years, you cannot make the lights work. It is making me nuts. And it's so big, you got to connect the four sections and all of these plugs in there. And it completely took the joy out of decorating our place for Christmas to the point where I said, Lynn, this is it. This thing is going out to the curb or I'm going out to the curb. You know what I'm going to do today? What are you going to do today? I'm going to drop by one of the big box home improvement stores. And I'm going to get a whole bunch of these lights. You can get a hundred of them for a couple of bucks. And I'm not lighting anything that was. It's in that tree. I'm just going to ring the thing yeah, with brand new idea. lights and call it a day. I am so fried over this. It's making me nuts. Well, it wouldn't be Christmas if you weren't going crazy over Christmas lights. <laughs> well, it's been was, a part of every Christmas special I since hate, the dawn of television. I know, but I feel like such a whiner. But not at any at rate, I just can't do it anymore. Every year it gets worse, and this was really bad. So My you're going to keep the tree, but you're just going to get new lights. Yeah, I'm not even going to try to light anything that's in there anymore. Half of them are out, and it makes me nuts trying to <laughs> trying to connect them up. And, you you know, you you move a string of lights a little bit, and the whole doggone thing goes out. It is. It is kind of like Christmas vacation Chevy oh, Chase trying to do yes. the outside of his house. My mom used to just throw the uh, lights away with the tree. That's so much she hated taking the wow. lights off the tree till I admonished her for that. Because really, that's just wasteful. <laughs> that is really that wasteful. That is just wasteful. <laughs> anyway. So now I oh. offer to go and take the lights off the tree. I'm like, can we can we keep a yeah. little bit less out yeah. of the landfill? I, you know, I really should not use this incredible forum I have in the 50,000-watt front porch to vent with some of my own problems. But I'm sorry. That's what happened to me over the weekend, and, and it's making me nuts. There are a lot of folks, I'm sure, listening going, go, bud, man, go. <laughs> I had the same situation. So if you see bud yeah. later today drop-kicking his nine-foot Christmas tree around his neighborhood <laughs> I in, might. in Winter Springs, uh, don't worry about it. It's just... That time of the year. There you go. Okay. <laughs> and give me lots of room. Hope you see me with that tree anywhere near me. Ah. Feel better? Yes, I do. 
Yeah. Excellent. And it's good because I'm tackling a, sub- a subject that makes me generally sick to my stomach, and I want to start out by feeling well, and that is sexual harassment. Ah. Uh. From sea to shining sea, and particularly from Tallahassee to Washington, Deb, coming right up here. Good morning, Orlando, from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit LauraHasTheBuyers.com. We'll get into it here in a moment. By the way, Saturday Night Live roughed up Al Franken, one of their own years ago, if you'll remember. And that's pretty good, and you'll hear it in a moment. Uh, we'll have that in Orlando's News, Water, and Traffic in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. So. Former Saturday Night Live writer and performer, and now liberal Democrat senator from the state of Minnesota, Al Franken, through a spokesperson, says he will not resign despite those allegations that he groped a woman and kissed her without her consent. We got the story from this woman who is kind of the Deborah Roberts of of Los Angeles radio as a news anchor out there, Leanne Tweeden, and it was very compelling last week uh, about what Franken did to her during a USO tour that they were on together entertaining our troops in Afghanistan some 10-plus years ago, all right? Now, I was wondering what Saturday Night Live, okay, which loves to bash conservatives and circle the wagons for their liberal friends, and I would think especially for a guy who used to work with him, Al Franken, what they would do with this story. Well, I have to give him credit. Saturday Night Live, listen now. Their take on Al Franken, first story on their regular parody newscast weekend update. Thursday is Thanksgiving, and there's so much to be thankful for this year, unless you're a human woman. (laughs) Senator Franken is being accused of sexual misconduct on a 2006 USO tour by Leanne Tweeden, who posted this photo of Franken apparently groping her breasts while she was asleep. Now, I, look this fo- I know this photo looks bad, but remember, it also is bad. <laughs> and sure, this was taken before Franken ran for public office, but it was also taken after he was a sophomore in high school. <laughs> it's pretty hard to be like, oh, come on, he didn't know any better. He was only 55. <laughs> Tweeden is also claiming that Franken forced her to kiss him as part of a rehearsal for a comedy sketch they were performing for the troops. Come on, man. Didn't the troops in Afghanistan have it hard enough without having to sit through sketch comedy? I mean, people can barely stay up to watch sketches after a weekend update. That's actually true. The ratings always crater after they do weekend update on Saturday Night Live. Anyway, pretty good stuff there. Franken says he will not step down, that he's going to spend his Thanksgiving in Washington, D.C. with his family, doing a lot of reflecting. He admits to what he did to Leanne Tweeden. Another woman has come forward charging him with sexual harassment. But he says he will not step down, even though he has recommended the Senate, because of him, conduct an ethics committee investigation, which they will do. But in our 7 o'clock hour, I will tell you the approach Congress takes to charges of of sexual allegation against its members absolutely need to be changed, and we will talk about it in detail at 7 o'clock. In a moment, the sexual harassment explosion from Washington to Tallahassee has claimed the career of the head of the Florida Democratic Party. If you want to weigh in on Al Franken and what you just heard from Saturday Night Live, and, and, and I don't know, I mean, should, should, he, should he resign from the United States Senate? Interesting. I, I, I think the president wants him to do that, but he doesn't have anything to say about Roy Moore. The word is on President Trump from somebody in the White House in, on his team um, 
is he doesn't really know who to believe in the Roy Moore case, which is why we're not hearing from him. Also, because he's got his own baggage in that area, I said he ought to tread very, very lightly in that regard. Um, there we are. 407-916-5400. More to come on all of this mess. I got a caller checking us out on iHeartRadio up in Minnesota, home of Al Franken, with a take on what ought to happen to the senator. Um, I'll get to that, Chuck, here in a moment. Don't go away, buddy. Um, put your feet up on the extended 50,000-watt front porch. Runs all the way up into Minnesota and beyond. Um, and I want to hear from you in just a second. But the Tallahassee version of the sexual harassment swamp has now claimed the, um, the leadership position held by Stephen Biddle. You don't know who Stephen Biddle is? He is the multimillionaire real estate developer elected in January to head the Florida Democratic Party. A report in Politico that hit on Friday details claims from half a dozen anonymous former staffers and consultants that he made inappropriate comments, ogled them, and invited them to his house and onto his private jet and had and just a, a, a terribly creepy atmosphere to whatever environment they were placed in with him. Even though no one has accused Biddle of physically groping or assaulting them, this is unlike the Roy Moore allegations, where you have the women's names on the reports in the Washington Post, and it's unlike Al Franken, who admits to what he did. No one's accusing Biddle of groping or assaulting them, but says the environment he created made women feel uncomfortable. One after another, they came forth, told the story, and Florida Democratic Party Chairman Stephen Biddle announced on Friday he is stepping down. He said, when my personal situation becomes distracting to our core mission of electing Democrats and making Florida better, it's time for me to step aside. And his last day will be today. Party Vice Chair Judy Mount will take over on an interim basis. They'll have a state committee meeting with the Democrats on the 9th of December to elect a permanent successor. Um, And Biddle said this. Remember, no one is saying he ever laid a hand on him. It was the atmosphere. Is that enough for somebody to go down to lose their position? He's doing it voluntarily, resigning from that position, saying that every person, regardless of their gender, race, age, or sexuality, should be treated with respect and valued for their hard work and contributions to our community. If any of my comments or actions did not reflect that belief, I am deeply sorry. All four declared Democratic candidates for governor had called for Biddle to step down, and today he will. Interesting. Here now, from Minnesota, on Minnesota Senator Al Franken, our old friend Chuck, listening on iHeartRadio. Good morning, Chuck. GMO, BHL. Hey, 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 back at you. (laughs) Al Franken actually lost the election the night of the election. Did you know that? He lost to Norm Coleman by 175 votes. Yeah, I remember it took a while to resolve it. Absolutely. They went to work and they found ballots in the trunk of a county clerk's uh, car. Uh, I mean, it was unbelievable. And then finally, they found enough that he right. had won by 250 votes. So, so your uh, point is he never should have been elected. But my question to you as a Minnesotan of now, or at least listening to us from there, should he resign from the Senate? His spokesman says he will not. He's got uh, the problem with uh, him is we've got documentation. And uh, with Roy Moore, there is no documentation. 
What's the answer to the question? I think you should uh, say, hey, this is enough of this. But the problem is, you know who's going to be appointed? That Muslim up here, that Ellison. He'll be appointed to that position. Yeah, he's the worst of the worst. That's true. Yaffe, what's quickly coming in on the text line, 23680, where standard message and data rate supply? Yeah, somebody said anybody that admits or is proving, proved to commit sexual harassment, no matter what their position is, should be removed or resign. Very quickly to Lee in Orlando on Al Franken. I got 20 seconds. Okay, well, I just want to note on the hypocrisy of the Al Franken issue. Uh, at least Al Franken had the courage to admit that he had done wrong and apologize. But uh, Donald Trump also confessed in the Hollywood access tapes of sexual harassment. And he's denied all but the other allegations against him by wait, other wait, women, though. Wait a minute, but he confessed. He said that he groped women. He kissed them without their permission. He grabbed them by the you-know-what. Yeah, it's the only time he's ever apologized, but it was for that. He's denied everything else. It's a difficult position for the president. That's why I told him uh, he needs to be quiet on Al Franken. He's not doing that. He needs to do it. You want some good news? Deb, you've got it right off the top. Yes, I do. One of the world's most notorious mass murderers and cult leaders is dead. When I stand on the mountain and I say, do it, it gets done. Charles Manson died Sunday evening at a hospital in Bakersfield, California, where his health had been deteriorating. It was in the 60s in San Francisco that he began to assemble what he would later become, what would later become rather his family. It was Manson's desire to ignite an apocalyptic race war, which he called Helter Skelter, that led to the infamous Tate-LaBianca murders. On August 9, 1969, members of the Manson family killed actress Sharon Tate, who was eight months pregnant at the time, and four others. The next night, they killed Rosemary and Leno LaBianca. Manson was 83. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The holiday season is here, and healthcare experts say family gatherings can be a good time to talk with your older family members about long-term health care plans should they develop problems like Alzheimer's. It can be a difficult topic for money at many, but Catherine Hayes with the Bipartisan Policy Center says it's an important one to have because it's an expensive proposition, especially here in Florida. In Florida, the cost of nursing home care is $8,000 a month for a shared room and 9000 if you want a private room. Hayes says about half a million Floridians are currently dealing with Alzheimer's. A spokesperson for David Cassidy says the teen heartthrob who starred in TV's The Partridge Family is in a Fort Lauderdale area hospital surrounded by family and friends. Joanne Geffen said he's suffering from organ failure and is in critical condition. Geffen didn't say what caused the organ failure. Cassidy, who's 67, told People magazine earlier this year that he was battling dementia. Country music legend and Florida native Mel Tillis is dead. According to his publicist, Tillis died yesterday morning in Ocala. The grand old Opry star and Country Music Hall of Famer grew up in the Tampa area. Tillis was known for his stutter, which resulted from a childhood bout with malaria, but disappeared whenever he sang. And finally, the Make-A-Wish Foundation is credited with helping a boy's sweet dream come true. The organization and freebie ice cream made it possible for five-year-old cancer patient Wyatt Bowman to spend yesterday as an ice cream truck driver. The boy and his little brother passed out treats at Max K. Rhodes Park in West Melbourne, and they weren't the only ones who enjoyed the day. Freebie owner Jim uh, Jerry Irwin tells Florida Today it was an awesome day to be a part of, and it touched his heart. You can get these stories and more at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now with the Bloomberg Business Report. 
And Gina Cervetti's off, but in the Bloomberg Newsroom in New York City. Joining us now, our good friend John Tucker. Welcome back to Good Morning Orlando. John, how you doing up there? I just heard David Cassidy is 67 years old. Oh, I know. I the really clock is ticking. Feeling old at this point. And though. Mel Tillis was 85. Oh, yep. brother. There you um, go. Well, now, how about we talk about the market in terms of your... View of the futures this morning in the wake of Friday's trading session. Yeah, well, Friday uh, we ended lower, and this morning stocks, well, pointing to a mixed open on Wall Street. You have to remember, bud, yeah, Thanksgiving, so a lot of people just took the the week off. Uh, Uh Dow futures right now, eight points lower. The S&P futures down about two points. Uh, NASDAQ futures, they actually just turned higher, just up uh, about a point right now. Okay, fair enough. Um, Let's talk about U.S. retailers really under the gun. You know, the bricks-and-mortar stores in particular fighting back against encroachment in the market by the likes of uh, online shopping behemoth uh, Amazon. They are hoping their attempts to build some loyalty will finally pay off this holiday season. What are they up to? Well, chains have aggressively rolled out some rewards programs in recent years, and there are signs that the efforts are beginning to get results. We got Hollister's numbers, uh, stunning numbers, 8% same-store sales growth last quarter. That was credited in part to the uh, teen retailers Club County Perks. Actually, a, a bunch of surprising uh, retail numbers we got last week, so it looks a little better than uh, what we had expected. Interesting. Now, we've followed from time to time what's going on with um, the Trans-Canada $8 billion XL oil pipeline, and apparently the fate of that project lies in the state of Nebraska, John. What can you tell us? Uh, today, Nebraska is going to decide on the final permit needed to start building after uh, years of those lawsuits and delays, uh, protests. It's unlikely to be at the end of the, the saga, though, but the loser is sure to fight the outcome in court. TransCanada also complicating things, spilled about 5,000 barrels of oil uh, from the existing Keystone Pipeline in South Dakota last week. So that's sure to come up again. Hey, listen, um, Toys R Us is a fun place to shop, but what they've been up to reportedly behind the scenes, not funny at all with a lot of customers. What's the story there? Okay, they, they've canceled the orders of shoppers who bought items on the cheap by using leaked promo codes. Uh, those promo codes were meant only for the customers with company-branded credit cards. Uh, it happened Saturday. It resulted in a big shopping binge uh, fueled by social media. Multiple sales codes were improperly shared online. Don't forget, uh, they are the company is in uh, Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Yeah, interesting. Struggles continuing on another front with... Toys R Us, before you go in the auto industry right now, um, if you have a Chrysler Pacifica, which, I, as I recall, is, I don't know, kind of like a cross between an old-fashioned station wagon and an SUV, yeah. um, there have been some complaints about the doggone cars lose power while you're driving down the road. What's up? This according to a report in the New York Times. A uh, number of owners have filed complaints with federal safety regulators. No crashes or injuries have been linked to the issue, which has uh, been reported by more than 50 owners, according to the Times. Uh, Fiat Chrysler is looking into the matter. That's all they'd say. Again, uh, Bud uh, Futures point to a mixed open on Wall Street. That would uh, oh. do it from the Bloomberg Newsroom. All right. Thank you very much, John. By the way, it must be beginning to look a whole lot like Christmas in New York City. I grew up around that area there, and the tree is up in Rockefeller Center, ready to be lit and all of that, and the 
Macy's Parade later this week. It's good times in New York, right? And we have what are called the gridlock alert, alert days. They had the first uh, what of is those that? last week. That's when uh, traffic is so intense, people are just urged to take mass transit or, you know, stay off the roads. Got it. <laughs> it's <laughs> I can, tough. I can hear in your tone of voice uh, how tough that can be. Yep, that's, that, that's New York, too. All right, thank you, John, very much. And uh, we appreciate it from the Bloomberg Newsroom in New York City. Bringing us in Gina's absence, the Bloomberg Business Report. Have a great day, John. And uh, now we roll on. I got a question for you based on something I read over the weekend. Is Orlando a sanctuary city? It sure seems like it is to me. I'll tell you what I've got. And then we got to get into this outrage at the hands of State Attorney Aramis Ayala, who missed a deadline on a death penalty case and knew it. The governor is furious. The governor needs to take action with Ayala. We'll talk about that later in this half hour. Good morning, Orlando from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. We'll delve into all of this right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in only two minutes for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. President Trump and Attorney General Sessions have vowed to crack down on illegal immigration, and there are many dimensions to that problem. One of them has to do with these sanctuary cities where they will not turn over illegal immigrants that they discover in the course of law enforcement to the feds, the guys and gals from ICE. So they are thwarting standing federal law. And I support the Trump administration's crackdown on sanctuary cities. They are threatening to withhold federal funds from sanctuary cities. And the warnings have gone out in the form of letters just last week to a lot of these sanctuary cities. There's a few in Florida. West Palm Beach got one of the letters saying that they were potentially out of compliance with federal law governing grants they get from the government. The Florida legislature is set to consider in the upcoming session a ban on sanctuary city policies, which would fine governments who are sanctuary cities for illegals up to $5,000 a day and could lead to elected officials who don't comply with and, 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 and they get removed from office. And, and that's the only way you're going to get this done. Looks to me like, from what I'm reading in the Orlando Sentinel over the weekend, That Orlando, which doesn't bill itself as a sanctuary city, really is one. They had a big protest at the council meeting, it is reported, last week. A bunch of people from this Trust Orlando coalition came in and marched around in the council session until until, uh, Buddy Dyer had had enough and gaveled everything to order, pushing the city to pass what they call the Trust Act. Now... The proposed Trust Act would bar police from asking suspects about their immigration status. This is right out of the Sentinel report. Unless required by law, holding them for immigration and customs enforcement or handing them over to federal agents without warrants. They don't want the illegals rounded up by law enforcement in the city of Orlando and turned over to the feds, which is exactly what the law requires. And all of a sudden, Mayor Buddy Dyer... And others said, hey, wait a minute, you're all here protesting, but you are preaching to the choir. 
that Orlando police are not involved in immigration enforcement at any level in any way. That the undocumented community has nothing to fear from the Orlando Police Department. We want to make sure we have good, informative, cooperative relationships. This came from the Deputy City Attorney, Jody Litchford, quoted in the Sentinel article from that meeting at the council last week. Mayor Buddy Dyer says, hey, we're on your side. That's the wrong side. That is flouting federal immigration law. I think we have a sanctuary city here in Orlando, and we're going to be talking about that a whole lot more. 407-916-5400 if you want to comment. Text line 23680, standard message and data rates apply. Quick comments, welcome on um, Orlando. You know, claiming from the highest levels what really amounts to we are a sanctuary city. You know, we, uh, we, we will not, our police will not move on illegal immigrants at all. We're not in the business of turning them over to the feds. Steve, you were first on the line from Melbourne Beach. What do you got to say on that? Yes, good morning. Uh, President Trump and this administration needs to arrest these politicians, protectors of illegal immigration. They do it for power, plain and simple. And Buddy Dyer and Governor Moonbeam of California, Rahm Emanuel, the little ballerina, arrest them. Enough is enough. Thank you, Steve. And Scott. Good morning to you from Northwest Orange County. We bring you on to the 50,000-watt front porch on this from Apopka. But wouldn't you call this treason? They're, they're doing treason against America. Man, I don't um, know if it's the level of Benedict Arnold, but it certainly is flouting standing federal law. And wouldn't you like to see Buddy Dyer in jail? I mean, his son never went to jail for his DUI when he crashed in the house in College Park. So see Buddy in jail or maybe picking up some trash on the side of the road. He might lose some weight, bud. Thank you. Oh, yeah. All right. Interesting. Now, on the text line, Yaffe, you've been monitoring 23680, where standard message and data rate supply. What's coming in? Yeah, somebody said this, Bud. When it comes to illegals in this country, it's obvious that the government and powers to be care more for them than the American citizen who pays the taxes. Yep. I will have no argument with that. State Attorney Aramis Ayala on Friday, after we parted company for the weekend missed a filing deadline to pursue her first death penalty case. Remember, she said she wouldn't do it, got into it with the governor. State Supreme Court ruled in the governor's favor when he said, you have to do this. You're flouting the law here. Well, she missed a filing deadline, and now she admits that she did it. It's unbelievable. The governor is outraged. The governor is furious. But the governor needs to be more than angry and outraged. Saying, I have been clear that I stand with the victims of crime and their families. They deserve answers from the state attorney's office on how this critical deadline was not met. Now, remember, he took all those death penalty cases away from her when she came in and all of a sudden announced to great fanfare that she would not pursue the death penalty against anybody who was eligible for it. She's anti-death penalty. Anti a lot of things I don't like. But at any rate, at any rate, the governor has the power under Article 4 of the Florida Constitution to suspend her from office. This is an outrageous act of defiance coming on the heels of what else she had done in this regard with the death penalty. 
and she needs to be suspended indefinitely. Malfeasance and neglect of duty, that pretty much covers it. Article 4, Section 7 of the Constitution. People are screaming, impeach Ayala. You can't. Legislation that would have allowed state attorneys to be impeached with a two-thirds vote in the House, in the legislature, followed by a trial and two-thirds voting to convict, instant removal from office. It can be done with the cabinet, can be done with the governor. It cannot currently be done with state attorneys. Legislation that would have permitted impeachment of the likes of Aramis Ayala, which I believe is totally appropriate here, died in the Senate and Ethics and Elections Committee last session in May. Needs to be taken up again, and it needs to get into the Constitution. Okay? This is outrageous. And the governor just needs to stop hand-wringing and whining and screaming about it. He needs to suspend her. That's what needs to happen to Aramis Ayala. Coming up, Deborah Roberts with our news at the top of the hour. Mass murderer Charles Manson is dead. That's the best news we can bring you this morning. And uh, Florida's Democratic Party Chairman Stephen Biddle, we talked about this earlier, Deb's got more on it, has resigned because of sexual harassment allegations against him. Good morning, Orlando. Rolls on into hour number two. We're back on the sexual harassment beat, and I've got some great new material that you will definitely want to comment on. All of this from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Right after Deb brings us the news, it's our keyword text to win contest. Final days. You can win $1,000. Listen right after the news for the new keyword, and then text it immediately to 200-200. You could be a $1,000 winner. Good Monday morning. Delighted you're with us here on the 50,000-watt front porch at 659. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you. Hope you had a great weekend. Glad you're with us for the 7 o'clock update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic right here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning mass murderer Charles Manson is dead. And another day, another sex scandal, and it claims another victim in Tallahassee. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. And we're all over the sexual harassment explosion with the incredible contrast between what it's like for victims trying to report allegations of sexual harassment in Congress versus the private sector. Wait till you hear this, and you will next on Good Morning Orlando. Good Monday morning at 7.03 on News Radio 102.5. America's most infamous mass murderer is dead. And I was convicted for being the father of this country. I was convicted for being Jesus Christ and the devil. The sister of one of Charles Manson's victims says she said a prayer for Manson after hearing about his death. Manson died Sunday evening at a hospital in Bakersfield, California, where his health had been deteriorating. Deborah Tate says she, quote, said a prayer for his soul, end quote, after getting word of Manson's death. Tate's sister, Sharon, was killed by Manson's family in August of 1969. Sharon Tate was eight and a half months pregnant at the time. Manson directed followers in the cult. He called his family to kill not only actress Sharon Tate, but six other people. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Help me out here um, as a good Catholic girl, uh, Deb. I thought prayers were only heard in heaven. (laughs) Yeah. You know, where he is, I'm not sure they're going to pick him up. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, probably not. Devil's got a buddy now. Oh, yeah, he's he's getting ready for his 3 o'clock pineapple. For anybody who saw uh, Little Ricky, the movie Little Ricky, and what Hitler gets every afternoon at 3 o'clock wearing a French maid costume. 
Oh. It's a 3 p.m. pineapple with the, with the devil, and it ain't pretty. You're way ahead of me. Go ahead. <laughs> another day, another sex scandal. Florida Democratic Party Chairman Stephen Biddle has resigned after being accused of leering at women, making inappropriate comments, and generally, quote, creeping them out in the office. Tallahassee Mayor Andrew Gillum says this will hurt the party, but it had to be done. It's a small price to pay, in my opinion, if what we're doing are validating women who have been victimized. And if that victimization has happened within our party institutions and structures, we ought to clean it out immediately. Gillum is running for governor, and he was the first of the Democratic candidates to call for Biddle's resignation. And there's four of them, and apparently they now all have. Today's his last day. They'll have an interim replacement, and they'll elect somebody else to run the Democratic Party in early December. We talked about it a bit earlier in the show. Never laid a hand on anybody. No. But you know what? I think it's perfectly appropriate that someone walk the plank for setting up that kind of intimidating environment. Including having a stress ball in the shape of a woman's breast yeah. on his desk. Yeah, I've read about that. Yeah. Minnesota Senator Al Franken has no plans to resign after being accused of sexual misconduct. A staffer told the Star Tribune newspaper this weekend that the Democrat is doing a lot of reflecting after radio host Leanne Tweeden detailed her account of Franken's actions during a USO tour in 2006. She said Franken forced an unwanted kiss and later groped her breasts while she was sleeping. Franken has apologized but says he didn't remember the events the same way. Meanwhile, a Republican congresswoman says the recent wave of sexual harassment allegations against lawmakers shouldn't be politicized. Utah Representative Mia Love told Fox News Sunday it only, quote, further victimizes people who have already been hurt, end quote. Sexual harassment is at the forefront on Capitol Hill with Senate candidate Roy Moore and allegations of misconduct and Senator Al Franken accused of kissing and groping a woman without her consent in 2006. But it's not just politicians who are dealing with this. A friend and former colleague, a college teammate rather, is coming to the defense of Buccaneers quarterback Jameis Winston. Current Philadelphia Eagle and former Florida State Seminole Ronald Darby says the accusation that Winston groped an Uber driver isn't true. The driver claims Winston was alone in the car with her last year in Arizona and sitting in the front seat when he touched her between the legs. Darby also says there were three people in the car and Winston was sitting in the back seat not the front. Finally, Jeffrey Tambor is quitting the show Transparent amid a sexual harassment scandal. Tambor was the lead actor in the show for years. Tambor released a statement detailing how it was an honor to play the transgender character Maura Pfefferman, but the show isn't what he signed up for years ago. So far, Tambor faces two sexual harassment allegations. The most recent one involves a transgender co-star who alleges that Tambor made lewd comments and pressed up against her suggestively. The other allegation came from a former assistant on the show. Tambor is denying all allegations, and Amazon is investigating. Boy, there is no end to this. No, there isn't. Not at least short term. Yeah, exactly. WFLA News Time at 7.07. Read about Senator Susan Collins saying Roy Moore's denials are unconvincing. You can get that story at 1025wfla.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Dan, if you can stick around for a couple of minutes for the break here before you go back into the newsroom, I'd love to get your take as a woman and Stephanie, our screener as well on what it takes if you are in Congress and you want to allege sexual harassment at the hands of a member of Congress. Good luck. (laughs) What the hoops you have to jump through compared to the way it now is, generally speaking, in the corporate world. It's a lot more streamlined, and it needs to become that way 
um, in the halls of power. And there are some female members of Congress who are putting legislation together uh, to keep women from having to jump through these hoops. It's just outrageous. At least it is from my perspective. We'll get to that in a moment. And good morning to you all from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. That and Orlando's news, weather, and traffic updated in two minutes here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. What a contrast. What a woman has to go through to pursue a sexual harassment allegation under current law in Congress. And what, generally speaking, the mechanism is in the private sector. I know there must be exceptions to this, but I have a hunch, um, Deb and Stephanie in particular, and, and ladies who are listening in particular as well, that our iHeart Media policy here, covering the largest radio corporation in the world with more than 800 stations, of which we're one, is now pretty typical in the private sector. Here are some of the highlights of our corporate policy. We have zero tolerance for any speech or conduct that is intended to or has the effect of abusing or harassing any employee. You may be subject to discipline, including but not limited to unpaid suspension and or termination for violations of this policy. Examples of such conduct include inappropriate or unwelcomed physical contact, sexual advances, and or requests for sexual favors. If you think you or another employee have been harassed, you must report such a violation. Do not assume that the company is aware of the harassment. You must use the open-door policy we have by contacting your immediate manager or any other manager in home in um, human resources or call the employee hotline, which they give, as soon as possible after the incident. Now, in Congress, and there are women there now who are putting together legislation to make radical changes in this that I think are needed. Listen to this. In Congress, after an incident but before filing a complaint, victims are required to go through 30 days of counseling with a Congressional Office of Compliance employee, and it must be kept confidential what they discuss. You can't get it out there. Following that process, they have 15 days to decide whether they want to pursue the next step, 30 days of mandated mediation. After mediation, victims must wait another 30 days to file a complaint. Can you imagine that, ladies, that you have to jump through all of those hoops after you have been violated? What yeah. do you think? I, I think it's I think it's disgusting and it's terrible. And and it doesn't even take into account that 75 percent of women who file a sexual harassment complaint are retaliated against. So that 90 days you have to jump through hoops still doesn't guarantee that you're not going to be retaliated against. It does. Right. I agree with that. Uh, Stephanie, how do you see it? Oh, I absolutely agree. I mean, I think that's ridiculous. We don't need to be going through all these hoops, you know, like the police need to be involved immediately. If something happens, they need to start speaking up and saying something. Yeah, and, and there's a there's a requirement of silence for at least the first 30 days. I mean, I mean, when, when you're in that situation, when you've been harassed, you've got to be counseled in secrecy for 30 full days. This is the Congressional Good Old Boy Network right. setting it up so, so they can win. continue with this behavior. Yeah. And that's what needs to be stopped and legislation to change it. Some of the females in Congress are finally getting bold enough to come out and propose. I'll tell you what's in their legislation in the next segment. Do you hold out hope that Congress will be forced to change in this environment? You're not very optimistic about these problems being solved. I'm not, bud. I'm really and not. why is that, Deb? What, what drives your skepticism that any of this will ultimately be changed despite the current furor? Reality. Unfortunately, reality. When you have a story of a Winter Park High School student who's still allowed to walk the halls with three girls he filmed up their skirts. 
the Orange County School District has bent themselves over backwards trying to come up with a security plan for this young man, including being escorted to and from classes by a coach, a teacher, or a, a parent. Oh, my. I didn't know that. You know why he's still walking the halls? Why is that? He's a football player. Oh, well, got to keep him on the field, Deb. That's the, see, that's the juxtaposition of this whole situation, bud. There's mm-hmm. all these stories and these allegations and these politicians, and then when you go down to the nuts and bolts of it, there's still allowances being made for people depending on who and what they do. Yeah. There How you can go. you have hope that it's going to change when it's not even changing in our high schools? Yep, I agree. Any any further thoughts on this, Steph? Oh, no. I mean, I just I think that's ridiculous. I mean, he should be, you know, thrown out of school immediately. Do you immediately. Think, do you think it's I mean, because you and I are practically a generation apart. Um, I have at least 20 years on you. Do you think that that, it, that this is going to change the issue of sexual harassment? Unfortunately, at the moment, right now, no. no. Really? Yeah, I no. Know. Women don't. Women mm. don't. And you know what it needs to change, bud? What's that? We need men. We need men. Men have to say to other men, dude, that's messed up. Why are you acting like that? You can't turn a blind eye. You can't say that's just a dude being a dude. Men have to shame other men out of this behavior. Women have been trying... For millennia, it's not going to work. It's not working. It hasn't worked. Guys, gals, you've heard Deb, you've heard Stephanie, you've heard me, you've heard what it takes to get through sexual harassment reporting in Congress versus the private sector. What do you have to say from the male, from the female perspective? That's what the 50,000-watt front porch is here from, is here for, and I haven't heard from you yet. Join me at 407-916-5400. Text at 23680, standard message and data rates apply. If some women in Congress have their way, change is coming to sexual harassment policies. Yesterday morning on NBC, Meet the Press, I was watching as Republican Congressman Barbara Comstock of Virginia laid out what legislation they are working on will involve. We're going to get mandatory training, universal, uniform, anti-harassment, zero-tolerance policies in place. We are not going to allow members to have any kind of fund pay for their harassment. That is universally agreed on. And uh, we are also going to have better policies for the victims. All right, that's what the ladies in Congress intend to do. It's a noble effort. I hope it bears fruit. Deb, you've got uh, some support online, too from a caller who was listening just before the break. I want to bring on Nathan from Orlando with the Deb Meister, the Bud Man, Yaffe, and Stephanie. Good morning to you, Nathan. Good morning. Hey, I completely uh, agree with Deb that men, we have to stand up. We have to start doing something about these idiots, you know? Um, yeah, because they give all men a bad name. Yeah, they do. It, 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 it drives me nuts because every time I hear about this, I'm like, where are these idiots coming from? Yeah. I don't understand and it, it, it's, it's I, I personally think that, uh, like, the people in Washington, you know, all these guys, like, I'm saying we got tar and feathers, these morons, you know, because, like, they won't learn by just saying, hey, stop doing that. You know, men do not learn by, by being talked to. You know, there has to be some physical ramification that comes with these guys because they will not stop. Do you honestly think that these guys, like Anthony Weiner, do you think he's going to just go to some rehab and just be like, hey, I'm cured. No, it's not going to happen. We have to do something. You know, they're, they're, not, they're, not all, they're not all total sickos like he is. Um, and I've never yeah. excused Wiener. Right. But a lot of them, it's just, it's the power I have, and I will have my pleasure, or I will have your job. 
and 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 it's power and it is ego and that's pure male generally speaking anthony Thank or you, rather nathan. nathan it was a good call Thank you nathan yeah. yeah now not everybody sees it quite the same way let's bring uh, tony onto the 50,000 watt front porch from orlando good morning tony Hey, but no, it's not that I don't see it that way. Yeah, I was going to say, be, I and I don't want to be misunderstood on what I'm saying. Go ahead, then. I think it's I think it's disgusting for any man to sexually abuse a woman. But I was married for a long time, and so are you, but and got back into the dating scene, and the women today are very, very, very sexually active, and they're not all angels. And I'm sure you have two women there, and I'm sure they have a lot of women friends. Oh, honey, I'll be and, the first to tell you I'm not an angel. Yeah. No, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying. No, that's fine. I, I have I'm no shame saying, in my I'm game. That, I am not yeah. an angel. Well, and there, there are, there are, there are women. Not all the men that are that are accused no, no. Were, weren't let on. Now it's disgusting. No one should ever, ever, ever disrespect no. a woman or a man. But, a woman shouldn't. A, a woman shouldn't use a position of power to make a man feel this oh, way either course. way. Of yeah, course, but that's the but point. From what I'm reading and what I'm hearing, the whole Congress, the whole Senate, it's just total sexual craziness. Well, you know, they've, they've been saying that there are there are dozens of Harvey Weinstein's in the halls of Congress and the Florida yeah. legislature. By the way, Tony, yeah, and thank you, Tony. We talked about that. Good Tell luck on the dating scene as well. Deb, before you gear up for the 7.30 news update oh, wow, for us, right. <laughs> um, uh, Yaffe on the text line, what's coming in? Yeah, I think this text sums it up, says existing laws must be enforced, not watered down, and victims' rights laws must also be put into effect. Good stuff. More coming on this, I guarantee you. This story is not going away. Deb, under breaking news, they just imploded the Georgia Dome. Yeah, they did. Wow. That was quite a view. <laughs> Woo! Man, oh, man. Yeah, for you ought to get that posted on the website. But before you go to the news um, of the hour, um, you've got some support again from one of our listeners when you told the story about the kid in Winter Park High School. Mm-hmm. Guilty of some sexual uh, harassment or whatever? Uh, up, up shooting. He, you know, filmed three classmates up their skirts yeah. without, you know, their knowledge or consent and um, still walking the school hallways where, you know, in most cases you'd assume he'd be expelled or at least suspended. Yeah, as a football player, got to keep him player. on the field, right? Absolutely. We can't mess that up. Well, let's bring on Bob right now from Longwood. Bob? Hey, Bob. Uh, uh, thank you, Mr. Roberts, and thank you, bud. Um, Goodness, yeah, uh, Ms. Roberts. <laughs> this uh, this uh, person in Winter Park, uh, he actually, if he did this on the street, say in Walmart or something like that, he would probably end up in jail. Mm-hmm. I mean, they would probably you know take him home. Why is it different? Because he's in school. I don't know. I mean, again, like I said, when I when I first heard the story, I was shocked that he wasn't suspended or expelled. And then to find out how much the school district has bent themselves over backwards, accommodating this young man so he can stay in school. And by the way, this young man now taunts those three students that have to walk the hallway with this guy who filmed up their skirts. So Not only that, he did this to his, uh, his sister, too. I did not know that. No, we don't know oh, that. Oh, yes, and she can't, she couldn't, she couldn't uh, uh, yeah. do nothing about it because, you know, it's the brother. But, yeah. Yeah, we're going to do more on this story, Bob, and I'm, I'm glad you share our outrage. Um, but there is, um, there is, in a way, a sense of joy and relief this morning 
at our big story that has broken over the last 12, 24 hours. Yes, because this person caused a lot of pain and heartache. America's most infamous mass murderer is dead. Charles Manson died at a hospital in Bakersfield, California, yesterday evening at age 83. Manson directed the grisly killings of actress Sharon Tate and six other people in the summer of 1969. Manson wanted the murders to set off a nationwide race war called Helter Skelter. Manson and members of the cult he called his family were convicted and sentenced to death, but those sentences were commuted to life in prison when the Supreme Court struck down the death penalty in 1972. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A Pennsylvania man, Bud, got his dying last wish. Yeah, I headlined this. It's a little bit strange. Yeah, well, but I can understand it. He was buried with two cheesesteaks from Pat's King of Steaks in Philadelphia. Oh, oh, Philadelphia, is that, that, that's Mecca for cheesesteaks. Yeah, absolutely. Now I guess I understand. I didn't know it was a Philadelphia angle. Oh, I, you know, Richard Lucy <laughs> always joked he didn't want to enter the afterlife on an empty stomach. <laughs> his grandson says his grandfather got his wish without onions. Because Lucy says, quote, they'll come back to haunt me. Oh, yeah. You always get gas. You <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Can't have that. The 76-year-old father of four died of heart complications last month. Pat's owner, Frank Oliveri Jr., says he's flattered and taken aback <laughs> by someone choosing to be buried with his sandwiches. Yeah, you got to hold the onions or you'll blow the lid off the casket. Yes. You know, we can't have that. <laughs> We can't have that. You know, and they say you can't take it with you, but Whew. he's taken one last shot at taking something with him, yes, right? Yes, he is. He's got two <laughs> cheesesteak sandwiches to uh, keep him uh, full while he waits in the afterlife. <laughs> it, it cared, I don't know how I feel about this. Well, yeah, I do. Weight Watchers is rolling out a new line of lower-calorie wines. Ooh. The new line is called Wait, wait a minute. Why are you going wrinkling up your nose on that? I can't imagine that that would taste better. Oh, you're just worried it won't taste good enough. Right, yeah. Okay. The new line is called Sense, and the first release is a Sauvignon Blanc from New Zealand. Weight Watchers says the white wine is rich in flavor but only contains 85 ga- uh, calories for a serving of five fluid ounces. Many other wines contain about 120 calories in that same serving size. Weight Watchers partnered with Truett Hurst Winery, to launch the wines. So, bon appetit. Well, we'll have to see how it plays in the marketplace. And yeah. that's the beauty of things, right? Absolutely. There you go. Deb, thank you. You're welcome. Deborah Roberts with our news. Of course, top of the bottom of the hour, whenever it breaks. And uh, whenever we can get her to sit down and talk about a hot topic like she did so passionately and eloquently on sexual harassment last half hour. With Stephanie joining in as well. Good morning, Orlando. Rolling on from the Frontgate Realty Studio. I want you to visit laurahasthebuyers.com. I wish the whole Congress would make a field trip to the newly opened Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C. I think it would do them and, by extension, the nation good. What a facility this is. Six floors, 430,000 square feet of Bible-related exhibits. It's unbelievable. $500 million it costs to complete. What they've done is they have rehabilitated and refurbished what was once a refrigeration warehouse and turned it into an absolute palace. Now, all of this, the museum is focused around what's called the Green Collection. It's the world's largest private collection of rare biblical texts and artifacts Uh, gathered in recent years by museum founder Steve Green. Have you heard that name before? He's the president of the Hobby Lobby stores. One more reason to patronize them, except remember they're closed on Sunday at the Hobby Lobby 
one thing I've come to love about them among a very long list. I mean, there are so many incredible exhibits here. Let me just regale you with some of this and tell you that I've had Yaffe post on the website a six-minute tour, a fly-through this museum. And when you looked at the video and posted it, Yaffe, you commented you were amazed by it. Well, yeah, it's huge. It's gigantic. Yeah. Where do we go to see that video? You can go to the website, 1025WFLA.com, click on the Good Morning Orlando tab, and it's on your daily recap page. Yeah, I mean, they, they have um, unbelievable exhibits, in, including a Bible believed to have come over on the Mayflower to America. Um, some of the highlights. They say it will take you nine, eight-hour days to see everything in the museum. Can you even oh, imagine? So this will require a longer field to trip than we had anticipated, but yeah, we'd love like to a, take one. Need like an annual pass or something. Yeah. <laughs> on, uh, you can walk through a reconstruction of an ancient city excavated on a hilltop overlooking the Valley of Elah, the site of the battle between David and Goliath. Wow. You'll find the Bible's influence on display on everything from fashion to criminal justice to pop culture. On one floor, the Joshua machine that allows people who are visiting the museum, which, by the way, is free, they do hope for donations, but it is free, to record their own testimony on what role the Bible has played in their lives. It also features Washington Revelations, a ride that lets people fly over the nation's capital to discover scriptural references all around the city. I'm sure there will be counter-protests from the left that all of these need to be sandblasted into oblivion, but it hasn't happened yet. On one floor, the world of Jesus of Nazareth, a full-scale replica that allows visitors to wander through the town of Nazareth where Jesus lived. There's a history of the Bible exhibit immersing guests in the Bible's journey through time, technology, and culture. There's the Manna Cafe, if you want refreshments, featuring a biblically-inspired menu. See it all on our website, Learn more at this website, museumofthebible.org, museumofthebible.org. I am so pleased that they've made room for the good book, big time, in our nation's capital, Yaffe. Now, I missed what you said. Is it open now? Yes. Did it just open? It has just opened. Awesome. You're absolutely right. It's absolutely free, and they, they do suggest a donation, but they certainly do not require it. It's remarkable. And the video... I have a feeling it's going to be really popular. Oh, I think it will. I think it will be. I think it may change lives. I cannot wait to go see it. Stephanie, what about you? Are you in? Oh, I'm totally in. I think we need to take a field trip. Yeah. Wouldn't it be She wants us to go. (laughs) Yeah. As I say, we're going to have to tell the boss, though. We're going to have to be gone for nine days to do it all. (laughs) Oh, that's okay. That may be a tough sell, but I'll handle that. I'll handle that. Okay. Good morning, Orlando, and a uh, very special good morning to you. Hope you have great plans for the Thanksgiving holiday. I can tell you we won't be doing shows on Thursday and Friday. We'll be kicking back and enjoying the family, but there will be good programming on here on Thursday and Friday for those of you folks who want to tune in. And um, we've got one hour to go, and we're going to make the show better than it can ever be with the current host by turning it over to you as the host for the duration of your phone call or your text message commentary on Open Mind Monday. We've talked a lot about sexual harassment, the Al Franken story, the Roy Moore story, President Trump in the middle of both. 
We've talked about how incredibly hard it is for women who have been sexually harassed in Congress to jump through all of the hoops to get justice, much tougher than generally in the private sector. You may have some perspectives on all of that. And um, stay tuned. Deb's got our news at the top of the hour that is highlighted by the death of the monster, mass killer Charles Manson. Right after the news and before Open Mind Monday, if you'd like to get started on the holiday season by winning $1,000, you got your shot. It's our keyword text to win contest. Listen for the new keyword early in the next hour, then text it immediately to 200-200. You could be our $1,000 winner. Good morning, Orlando at 758. Good morning, Orlando. We are glad you're with us on the 50,000-watt front porch on a Monday morning at 8 o'clock for our latest look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic right here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning, mass murderer Charles Manson is dead and an FSU professor says the Thanksgiving story is a myth. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. And you take over the show... On Open Mind Monday, call in early. I want to know what's on your mind, what's grinding your gears. Give me a call, and you'll be heard next on Good Morning Orlando. And good Monday morning. It's 8.02 on News Radio 102.5. The sister of one of Charles Manson's victims said she said a prayer for Manson after hearing about his death. She did that even though Deborah Tate told Dateline NBC in a 2008 interview that Manson ruined her family's lives. It took away my mother. She went out of her mind, more or less. She shut off completely for uh, over 10 years. My father became extremely reclusive and withdrawn. California prison officials say state and federal medical privacy laws or HIPAA laws prevent them from saying why mass murderer Charles Manson was hospitalized. The 83-year-old Manson died last night at a hospital in Bakersfield, California. He'd been brought to the hospital from a state prison an hour away last week. Manson was hospitalized in January for what sources said was a serious illness. Manson was serving a life sentence for directing the murders of actress uh, Sharon Tate and six other people in 1969. Tate was eight and a half months pregnant at the time. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Warm weather across the West could cook temperatures, uh, temperature records on Thanksgiving. Forecasters say temperatures this week will be 10 to 20 degrees warmer than average. Warm weather is on the holiday menu in Washington, Oregon, Nevada, and California, along with Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, and the Four Corners states of Utah, Colorado, New Mexico, and Arizona. Dozens of cities could see new record highs, with some places breaking records dating back to the 1800s. None of that for us here in Central Florida, looking for a high of 72 on Thanksgiving Day. FSU history professor Andrew Frank says President Franklin Roosevelt moved Thanksgiving to Thursday in the 1930s and declared it a national holiday as part of a strategy known as nation building. So how do you take a nation of really disparate people and bring them together to have a shared kind of conversation about who we are as a people? And Thanksgiving serves that really important function. All countries have and all cultures have holidays that bring us together. The first Thanksgiving was during the Civil War in 1863, and it was actually a day of fasting and prayer. Meanwhile, Thanksgiving is the deadliest holiday to be on the road. You would think it would be New Year's, but over the last five years, more than 800 people have died in alcohol-impaired driving crashes during the long weekend. That's why AAA is once again joining with Budweiser 
for the tow to go program, providing a safe ride home for you and your vehicle if you've been celebrating with alcohol. It'll be available in Florida Wednesday through Sunday morning by calling 855-2-TOW-TO-GO. Boy, that is a surprise. I would have absolutely bet money on New Year's. Yeah, I would have as well. Wow. And the biggest drinking holiday in the United States of America? Hmm? Mother's Day. Really? Yes, sir. No kidding. It's all those moms going to go get mom juice. (laughs) Another word for wine. See, I would have thought that was St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, yeah, you know. Just goes to show you. Okay, amazing. All right, good stuff. In local news, while celebrating the past, local Puerto Ricans are anxious about the future. A festival was held yesterday at Orlando's Festival Park in honor of Puerto Rico's discovery 524 years ago. Two months after Hurricane Maria, many are still worried about what they see as a slow return back to normal on the island. Locals tell the Orlando Sentinel it's like a bomb went off and the recovery is happening in baby steps. And finally... A 10-year-old boy in Michigan is continuing his tradition of donating food for people to have Thanksgiving dinner. How old is this young man? 10 years old. Wow. Ewan Drum has been collecting food for the needy since he was of the ripe old age of 7 years old and says he's probably helped about 1,000 people so far. I've learned that people are all equal and they don't deserve to be treated like poorly. He hands out the meals in boxes while wearing a jacket with a Super Ewan logo and a red cape. Drum spent Sunday giving out food to the needy. Some good parenting going on there. Absolutely. Keep it going, young man. Yeah, and you wonder, why don't we ever have anything on about the good kids? Well, there you are. Absolutely. When I can find the good stories, I like to bring them to you. I think of them as a palate cleanser at the end of an unsavory story. I agree with that. Yeah. WFLA News Time, it's 8.07. Speak about unsavory. Read about uh, what top cancer doctors have some advice, what they have to say about alcohol before you have your family celebration. You can get the details at 1025wfla.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. From the Frontgate Realty Studio on a Monday morning, visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Alongside the Deb Meister, the Bud Man, through the glass in the control room, making it all work, our executive producer, Yaffe, and our amazing new screener, Stephanie. The first voice you will hear when you join the conversation with your Open Mind Monday call on the topic of your choice. Sexual harassment, Trump, Franken, whatever it is, the Aramis Ayala story. She missed a deadline on filing a death penalty case, and knew it. The governor is outraged. He needs to suspend her. Do you agree? Whatever you want to talk about, whether it's something we've talked about or something on your mind you need to share, this is the forum, the 50,000-watt front porch, wide open now for you on Open Mind Monday. The number is 407-916-5400. If you don't want to talk, that's fine. How about texting us at 23680, where standard message and data rates apply? Don't leave me twisting in the wind here. My voice is a little rocky from the dry, cool weather. So let me let you do the talk on an open mind Monday, and we'll get to you right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes. Oh, by the way, by the way, stay tuned right now for the keyword text to win contest. The new keyword, you can win $1,000. Listen for the keyword, text it immediately to 200-200, and good luck. All of this just ahead on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Do it with us earlier. We're talking about sexual harassment, the halls of Congress, the halls of power in Tallahassee, in corporate America. It is all over the place. The lid is coming off of this. 
as well it should. In corporate America, and I used our iHeart Media policy as an example, and I think it's relatively typical. There's a very streamlined reporting system if you think you've been the victim of um, of sexual harassment and a zero tolerance policy. It's hardly that in Congress, and it needs to change. Right now, would you believe, if you believe you've been sexually harassed in, in Congress, after an incident but before filing a complaint, victims are required to go through 30 days of counseling with a Congressional Office of Compliance employee and keep everything that is said silent. Following that process, you have 15 days to decide whether you actually want to pursue the next step, which is 30 days of mandated mediation. After mediation, victims must wait another 30 days to file a complaint. Some of the women in Congress are fashioning new guidelines, and the policy needs to be changed. We can talk about that. Ladies, I'd like to know where you work. Maybe you work for a government office in the city where you reside or maybe at the state level, state offices all over the place, Um, or you work in the private sector. Are you satisfied with the protections you have against sexual harassment and the avenue you have to getting justice when you believe you have been wronged? 407-916-5400. I'd like to hear from you. Oh, suddenly the phones are lighting up. First on the line... From Apopka, here is Lillian on with a Bud Man. It's Open Mind Monday. Lillian, what's on your mind? And good morning to you, Bud. Well, I understand, after doing some searching, that Judge Moore is a West Pointer, Bud. The West they, Point graduate? Yes, sir. I'm not sure I know that. Let's verify that, Stephanie. Do a little backup Please, research. Stephanie, I was shocked. I had not heard that. I would think I would know that. But go ahead. I don't know everything. Well, As my wife I, reminds me on a regular basis. Go ahead. Well, that's why we do diligence ourselves, Bud, because that should have been brought up by the, the conservatives who say, wait a minute, you are condemning with allegations a West Pointer, and not only that, but where were the accusers when he was elected or appointed, I should say, a federal judge? All right, hang on a second. We got our research team backing you up. Um, Stephanie, what do you got? 1969. Hang on, what do you got? Steph? So it looks like she is right. Um, Roy Moore graduated from West Point in 1969 and received a Bachelor of Science degree in Arts and Engineering. That is awesome. I can't believe I didn't know it. Thank you for pointing it out. That's why we do Open Mind Monday, because we have the smartest audience in talk radio. Bud, you and I know, as your audience, that paying attention to the conservative news reporters, where was Fox on this one? I mean, a nine-year-old could Google. Um, Yeah, it's funny. That's one thing about him I was not aware of, and we're glad you confirmed it for us here this morning. But let me just say that. You know, it's possible for anybody, as, as awesome as they have been in their life, to be perhaps guilty of something unsavory. We have seen that a lot, you well, know. Well, I'm not using that as an excuse. Yeah. But we're talking about a man of honor, and and it's all fake news. 
So you don't buy any of this alleged oh, against him? Oh, my goodness. It's so convenient for the liberals. They would right. do anything. Thank you, Lillian, very much on Roy Moore. Got a caller on Charles Manson, a caller on Congress and sexual harassment. And we got a caller on the tax plan. And I haven't even checked the text line. That's Yaffe's purview. So if you want to join the conversation, you can do it by calling us at Open Mind Monday now on the topic of your choice, 407-916-5400. And the text line open at 23680. Standard message and data rates apply. All right, so many callers, so little time. Let's get into it as we go down to Palm Bay and bring in Olin on Open Mind Monday. What's on your mind this morning, Olin? Hey, good morning, bud. I just did a Google search on Charles Manson. The cost uh, to the taxpayers of California to incarcerate him, and they spent $2 million over his 47 years in prison. They spent $2 million to uh, incarcerate him. And you have to remember that there were five other members of the Manson family. So the taxpayer spent well over $10 million. Because we had to be compassionate and we couldn't execute him, which should have been done almost overnight. Those those murderers, yeah, they murdered innocent people. Great point. Excellent point. Thank you for it. Appreciate it. And for you listening all the way down there in South Brevard County in Palm Bay, Thank you for that. John, on another topic, it's Open Mind Monday, and you're on from Orlando. John, welcome aboard. Hello, John here. Yeah, it's yeah. Bud here. Go uh, ahead. My, uh, I just saw a report yesterday. There's a list on Zero Hedge's website of all the payouts Congress have made to people uh, who have accused them of being sexual harassers. So there's actually a yearly expenditure on paying off the uh, people. Yeah, and they have a fund that doesn't come out of their own pocket. That's got to change. Exactly. They get special protection. That's what tyranny is all about. Yep. I couldn't agree more on that. We do have some women in Congress who are fashioning changes, uh, and and I laid out what they plan to do and what a woman has to go through in Congress is outrageous. Much more streamlined in the private sector, and that's the model that they need to use in Congress. This needs to happen now. Yaffe, monitoring our text line, what do you see? Uh, yes, bud, on the uh, Aramis Ayala thing. Yeah. Uh, one person says, suspend her. It will only get worse. So agrees with you on that. Yeah, now, just FYI, to, I, I, I hate to leave people out of the loop, okay? Um, we talked about it in detail earlier. Aramis Ayala, the state attorney here who wouldn't do death penalty cases till she lost a showdown with the governor in the state Supreme Court over that, and now she has to. She missed her first deadline in a death penalty case filing and knew that she did it. Governor's outraged. There's no impeachment proceeding on the books yet. There should be for state attorneys, but the governor can suspend her, and he's he needs to do it. He needs to do it, but he hasn't done it yet. All right, there you go. Another person said this, bud, said everything in politics is wrapped around power and money instead of God and country. That's why they all need to get on over to that brand new Bible uh, museum they opened. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Go, go see that on our website, 1025WFLA.com, keyword Budman, six-minute fly-through tour video. It's unbelievable. To Titusville, Joe, it's Open Mind Monday. You're on. Go ahead. Yeah, but I, over the weekend I've been listening to a lot of talk about this tax bill that they're putting in, and, and a lot of them are saying how, you know, the rest of the states shouldn't have to uh, pay for other states, you know, higher taxes. But on the other hand, our tax code is socialistic by nature, and the states that have the biggest economies pay the most into our federal government. 
So it's a double-edged sword. You know, states like, you know, North Dakota with a million people, I mean, they don't pay nearly as much as a state like New York or California, yeah. which is like the eighth largest economy. So although they pay more taxes, they also contribute more to our military and Social Security. And so uh, so what, are, what are you advocating here? We have the differential between the House and the Senate bill. You know, and well, and and then there's all this issue with the deductibility of state and local taxes in these highly taxed states. What do you want? I, I believe that money shouldn't be taxed twice, whether it's state or federal. Amen. You know, I, I believe if and the amount of money that people are paying into their taxes mm-hmm. statewide, you know, is not that outrageous. Yeah, your plan, your 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 point is very very well taken. I got to step aside right now. We're getting back to Open Mind Monday in a moment, right after Deborah Roberts uh, checks in from the newsroom, as she is doing as we speak, with more on mass murderer Charles Manson finally dead and saving money when decorating and giving this holiday season. Good morning, Orlando. Good morning to you at 829. Ding dong, the devil is dead. Well, not Satan, but the closest to him. I think we perhaps have known in this country. And that's the big story this morning. Deb has the update. And uh, most of the surviving Manson family members who killed actress Sharon Tate and six other people are still in prison. The 83-year-old Charles Manson died last night at a hospital in Bakersfield, California. 69-year-old Patricia Krenwinkel, 68-year-old Leslie Van Houten, and 71-year-old Charles Tex Watson remain in California prisons. Susan Atkins died in prison in 2009 when she was 61. 66-year-old Steve Clem Grogan was paroled in 1985. Linda Kasabian testified for the prosecution in exchange for immunity. The 68-year-old Kasabian did not serve any time in prison. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Uh, Imagine being able to choose your own power company instead of dealing with a monopoly. That works for me. Same here. Well, the commission working on revisions to the state constitution will consider a constitutional amendment to allow competition in electric markets. It's the brainchild of Rich Blazer, owner of a natural gas business in Gainesville. He started a group called Florida Energy Freedom. The consumers would have the ability to uh, choose their supplier, um, be able to buy power from solar providers, provide buy power from whomever they wish. They'd also be able to um, generate their own power and sell to others. Blazer says it'll be considered by two committees on the CRC. Blazer says Texans have saved money and Texas businesses have created thousands of new jobs since that state introduced competitive power markets a decade ago. Meanwhile, if you're planning to give appliances and electronics as holiday gifts this year, not all of them are created equal when it comes to energy efficiency. According to Florida Power and Light's Tyler Maudlin, you should look for the Energy Star label. Energy Star labels indicate energy usage that's up to 40% more efficient than other models, which can help lower your bill. Smart thermostats are also a great gift to manage your energy use and can help you save about $50 a year. And if you're planning to deck the halls with holiday lights, FPL says you should consider using LED lights instead of the traditional incandescent ones. They can cost more up front but use 80 to 90% less energy and last 10 times as long as standard bulbs. Definitely something for you to consider, bud, as you head out to one of the big box home improvement stores to buy a 1,000 Christmas tree lights so that you can go home and not kill your Christmas tree. We have this nine-foot tree. I railed on this coming off the air at 6 o'clock. It's been ruining my weekend. This darn tree we've had for years, 
Fewer and fewer lights work in this thing. It's making me nuts. I can't figure out how to plug the sections together right. So Linda and I said, agreed, I'm just going to go out and buy lights and ring the tree with the lights and call it a day in 10 minutes. Yeah, well, hopefully. Why did you have to bring that up again? Before Linda rings your neck. <laughs> She's heard enough of my griping. And finally, SpaceX has yet to announce a new launch date for the super top secret Zuma mission. Yeah, what's the deal? They delayed it, know. delayed it, delayed it last week. Now nothing. The only word we got was that the... Uh, Payload was, quote-unquote, still healthy. We don't know what that means, but Zuma is the code name for a government satellite, which was originally set to lift off from the Kennedy Space Center aboard a Falcon 9 rocket last Thursday night. SpaceX delayed the launch 24 hours to review test data. The company then waved off the Friday night liftoff without setting a new date. Mm, no mysterious. Word. Very mysterious. So we'll keep an eye on what's going on with Zuma. You can get these stories and more at 1025WFLA.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now with Open Mind Monday. It sure does, and we're coming right to you. Our final segment on Open Mind Monday, okay? So we're going to take these calls, and the text line will be updated as well. And then our final segment this morning will be our sound judgment game for a great prize. Trans-Siberian Orchestra tickets coming up here, the annual Christmas concert. Don't go away yet. You want to go to the Trans-Siberian Orchestra Orlando Christmas concert on us? Final segment of the show coming up downstream in about 10 minutes. It's going to be our sound judgment game, and that's the prize, okay? Now, let's go to our final round of uh, callers, and we'll also check that text line on Open Mind Monday. Down to St. Cloud and Van, you're on with a Bud Man on Open Mind Monday. Go ahead, my friend. Good morning, sir. Happy Monday to you. I got two things for you. One breaking news. Caitlyn Jenner just reported that she has been sexually assaulted her whole life by Bruce Jenner. Really? Where are you hearing yeah. that? It's all over the news, bud. I'll all check it out. News. I'll check it out. And the second thing is, when you go to Home Depot, don't get lights. Get that one light that you plug it in. All of those just rotate lights, uh, reflection lights on the tree. Oh, I need to point one of those things that projects the... Uh... The high-intensity exactly. lights, and instantly my tree is lit. This is this is definitely a labor-saving way to go. Yaffe is not happy. No, those are you, ugly. You keep the merry in Christmas. Is that what I need to do? Because I'm losing my mind with that tree. I really, really am. I don't know, Yaffe. I may have to go there. All right, thank you, Van, no, very much. No, no. Those are ugly. Stephanie, tacky. is that the route to go uh. for the bud man here? On the tree? Oh, on the tree? Yes. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, maybe not the tree. I don't even like them on like people's houses. They look weird. Really? Uh, I will say I like those better than the the inflatable stuff. Can't stand the inflatable stuff. Just, no. Well, it depends on what it is. Eh. All right, here we go to um, Avalon Park. Jimmy, you're on Open Mind Monday. Go ahead, my friend. Yeah. Um, before I get to my point, just real quick about the inflatable stuff. I saw somebody had an inflatable dragon with a candy cane. Not sure how that ties into Christmas. Yeah, it doesn't but, sound uh, too sacred to me. Not really. <laughs> but um, anyway, uh, I was just wondering if you'd heard about uh, the FBI formally requesting unredacted documents regarding the Planned Parenthood investigation from no. Congress last year. No, I'm not. That's news to me. Tell me more. Yeah, um, apparently uh, Senator Chuck Grassley's office um, had requested that the FBI start looking into Planned Parenthood, and the FBI is now pushing forward saying that the amount of 
the lack of oversight that was given to Planned Parenthood yeah. and other grant recipients shows a lack of diligence from the Justice Department across multiple administrations. Well, this is a good thing then. This is something you support, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Good. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. Final Open Mind Monday call, then Yaffe checks the latest on the text line. Down to Mims we go. Ron, you're on. Good morning to you, Ron. Good morning, bud, man. Yeah, um, uh, on Roy Moore, we all know how he was early on a Democrat. It was he until 1992. Con- okay. And then he had a come-to-Jesus moment and became a conservative Republican. Okay? Yeah. So I think just like they're having classes now for sexual uh, treatment of women in, in Congress and in Senate and stuff like that, they should have religious classes, and maybe we can convert some of these evil, perverted Democrats to conservative Republicans. They'd see the light. Stuff, yes, you know? bring them over from the dark side, a there class for recovering liberals. To the error of their ways. Yes, you know? I, I, I like what you say, Ron. It works for me. We Yaffe. have a class for recovering liberals. What is that? It's called Good Morning Orlando. Well, it's on 6 to 9 a.m. Thank you very much, Professor Budman. <laughs> Professor Budman and his uh, able assistants, Yaffe and Stephanie. You're absolutely right. Right. We got a full seminar for three hours every morning. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. I'm glad you pointed that out. I'm um, glad yeah. you pointed that out. Okay. Tell you what we're going to do. We're going to reload on the phone. Stephanie, get ready. We're looking for contestants for our sound judgment game. You're eligible if you haven't won in 30 days. You're going to the Trans-Siberian Orchestra Orlando Christmas concert on us. Valuable prize. Much coveted, hard-to-get tickets to the Trans-Siberian Orchestra 407-916-5400. If you haven't won in 30 days, you're eligible. 407-916-5400. 407-916-5400. As we get ready to wrap things up from the Frontgate Realty Studio, visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Sound judgment right after an update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. We're ready for a sound judgment game, and we're going to continue the football theme here, putting the spotlight on our amazing UCF Knights right after Stephanie tells you all about the prize we're playing for this morning. That's right, bud. So today we're giving away an awesome pair of tickets to the Trans-Siberian Orchestra's The Ghost of Christmas Eve at the Amway Center on December 16th. Tickets for Trans-Siberian Orchestra's Winter Tour 2017 are now on sale. Visit 540wfla.com keyword tickets for more info. Fantastic prize. Great tradition. The Trans-Siberian Orchestra... And you're going on us if you are our sound judgment winner. Full bank of contestants. You're going to get a busy signal if you try to call me now. But wait for someone to go down with the wrong answer, which could well happen here, and pick up the empty line at 407-916-5400. Here we are. Our nationally 15th-ranked UCF football Knights remain unbeaten following their drubbing of Temple on Saturday. The Knights now own the longest winning streak in UCF football history listen to some sound of play-by-play from our man mark daniels from our sister station 96.9 the game then use your sound judgment to tell me how many consecutive games the ucf knights have now won the snap new tile rolls out to his right he looks he's still looking he's still looking he throws his pass is intercepted on the 22 yard line coming back near side to the 20, 15, to the 10, to the 5, and knocked out of bounds. To the 5-yard line, intercepted by UCF's Kyle Gibson. And again, the Knights get the turnover third time. They've got a Temple turnover today. 
What a great story the UCF Knights are. Thank you, Mark Daniels. Always great listening to him. You can catch him mornings with Kravitz and company on our sister station, 96.9 The Game. But how long is that winning streak now for the UCF Knights? It has been widely reported since their victory over Temple on the weekend. So if you've been listening closely or if you're a Knights fan, this shouldn't be too hard. Let's go to line one. How long is the Knights' uh, winning streak? How many games right now, line one? Don't even watch football. 24? No. Fewer than 24. Now, there's that open line. You can win the Trans-Siberian Orchestra tickets, but you got to call now, 407-916-5400. Let's take them in order. Line two, go ahead. How many wins in a row? I believe it's 10, bud. Wow. You got your own sound effects in the background. And congratulations to you. It's 10 in a row. What was that noise? Well, my phones are going off. I don't know. <laughs> that was very, very well timed. Hey, have you been to the Trans-Siberian Orchestra here in Orlando before? Uh, a few years back, yes. It's a wonderful show. Well, it'll be a different show this year, and you're going on us. I hope you're excited about winning that coveted prize. I am so excited. Uh, it really kicks off the season, doesn't it? Oh, man, it sure does. And congratulations to you, my friend. Stephanie and you are going to have an off-air conversation to make the connection on the tickets, and I will accompany the tickets with a note of congratulations if you'll be kind enough to give me your first name. Uh, It's Ken. Ken, where are you calling in from today? Orlando. Excellent. Great to have you on the show, and uh, we'll make sure it happens. And uh, let me be the first to say not only Happy Thanksgiving, but Merry Christmas to you and your family. Thank you, and go UCF. Yeah, how about those nights? Gotta love it. Good deal. Stay on hold, and we'll make it all happen. Congratulations. Yaffe, as a, as, a, as a Knights alum, you gotta love what's going on with this team. I know. I don't think anyone expected them to be this good this year. Scott Frost is an incredible coach. I hope he stays. You hear all these rumors about him leaving to go coach somebody else. No. No, He no. needs to stay. It's a fantastic story. Ten in yeah, a row. The 2013 team, remember, that went to the uh, Fiesta Bowl? Yeah. And George O'Leary's last great team, they had nine in a row, and that's the record that was broken this past weekend. Yeah, I, I mean, they were a great team, so the fact that this year this team is doing even better, I mean, that says something. 15th ranked nationally, playing USF in their next game. That's the big one, and uh, we'll follow it. So that'll do it. Hey, listen, um, stay tuned. Coming up here, we have... Deb with the news at the top of the hour, and immediately after the news, early in Glenn Beck, you're going to have an opportunity to win $1,000. It's our keyword text-to-win contest. Listen for the new keyword early in the next hour. Text that keyword to 200-200, and you could be a $1,000 winner. For Deb, for Yaffe, for Steph, the Bud Man here, thank you. Have a great day. Hope to catch you tomorrow morning. Thank you so much. God bless you, and God bless America.